0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us, or catch past broadcasts, or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back in the studio again. I, I tell you, we really do got to get something recording in between the shows, because No, because I want to keep my job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Well, we we have been talking about the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And I, I guess one of the things that has struck me as we're talking about these is how human these disciples are. It's very easy to look back on on these disciples, and you mentioned rose-colored lenses, Jonathan, and and see them as as superheroes. And the Bible constantly is is stripping off their armor Mm -hmm. and and showing us that they are just like us.
1: Mm -hmm. But uh, if I can just piggyback real quick, because sometimes the tendency is to say in your mind, oh, they're not like us, they're less than us oh, those poor, pathetic disciples, how Mm -hmm. can they continually get it wrong over and over and over again? And we we begin to read the Gospels with this almost condescension towards them as if we are better than how they perform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do that
2: with the the Old Testament and the people of of Israel. We do that all the time. Those knuckleheads.
1: Yeah. And I think we need to not overread them and make them saints that are untouchable but we shouldn't underread them and make them buffoons mm-hmm. below us. Right. Um, I think we're supposed to see ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Certainly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, you had mentioned a couple things off air, Russ, about so there's really two chapters kind of of this story that we see with Peter. So uh, the context is is John chapter 21. Peter uh, is impatient. He says, "You know, I'm I'm going to go fishing." There's a lot that's loaded into that. He the other I disciples don't... follow him they don't catch anything and then jesus shows up
1: says hey cast your nets on the other side of the, the boat then they they catch but so i many. think it's important to note that night they caught nothing yeah they are night fishing and the reason why they're fishing at night is that's when you caught fish right so when day is breaking and jesus comes to him and says children do you have any fish and they answer no they're done because they're no longer going to catch any fish because they're only doing night fishing
0: and the day's breaking
1: and the day is breaking so they're done right they've been here before remember back in in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus has used Simon Peter's boat as a as a pulpit they had just come in from a night of fishing they had caught nothing Jesus is teaching and then Jesus says to Peter let's go fishing yeah, yeah. And Peter argues because Peter's a fisherman. Yeah. Jesus wasn't.
2: Jesus was a carpenter. (laughs) He knows
1: nothing about fishing. And and Peter reluctantly says, we're not going to catch anything, but master, because you've said it, we'll do it. And he goes and catches fish so that they can barely get the boats back to shore. Yeah. And it's at that moment that Peter recognizes this has to be somebody yeah. other than a man because yeah. we shouldn't be catching fish, yeah. not this kind of fish, not at this time of day, not in these type of conditions. This has to right. be something, and, and he confesses
2: yeah. his sinfulness. Yes, yeah. yeah. So he
1: recognizes who's in the boat with him. Yeah. And at that point, he leaves everything. Jesus says, "You're no longer to fish. Yeah. You're to fish for different things." And th- and now post resurrection, yes, he goes back to fishing and catches nothing at night. And it's at this point that Jesus says, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Yeah. It's as if Jesus is lovingly coming to Peter and says, we shouldn't have to do this again. Yeah, But here I'll, I'll, I'll do mm-hmm. it one more time, Peter. Yeah. yeah, Can you get the point that in yourself, it's not going to work? You, you, you don't get your strength, your sufficiency. You don't get your identity. In you, I have equipped you. Yeah. Let me show you again what happens when you recognize who I am and what I've called you to be. Yeah. And he does a redo. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of the most gracious, condescending acts that you find in the Gospels, yeah. where yeah. Jesus knows his sheep yeah. and yeah. knows what each one needs, and that peter needs <laughs> to to see it again yeah
3: yeah well and there's another thing that, that peter needs because uh, he uh, betrayed uh, jesus he denied three times uh, that he had ever known him and uh, jesus knows that that needs to be dealt with that sin that betrayal needs to be forgiven needs to be needs to be dealt with needs to be cleansed away and when they get ashore, they, they, they've they brought in this huge haul of fish. It says in verse 9, When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some fish, and uh, we're going to have breakfast. Um, so Jesus said, prepare this fire. Uh it says a charcoal fire. There's a particular Greek word, and I've got to confess, I don't remember it off the top of my head, uh, but there's a particular word for a charcoal fire. This word is only used one other time. To this this kind of charcoal fire is only described one other time in John's gospel, and that is on the night that Jesus was uh, being tried in a kangaroo court and Peter was outside warming himself at a charcoal fire and denied three times that he had ever known uh, Jesus. Uh, I, I think there's something going on here. Um, John is very deliberately using the same word, charcoal fire. And you
2: pointed out off-air there, there was, there's something about senses that... Yeah,
3: there's something about the sense of smell. is The sense of smell is one of the most powerful triggers of memory mm-hmm. remember those remember those rubber balls uh, well I'm, yes, I'm, I, can sm-
2: I can smell a red rubber ball right now <laughs> I'm, gonna,
3: I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna look at jonathan because he's my age not these other youngsters here uh, <laughs> yeah. when i when this I was, is
1: something we used to play with as children Josh. Yes. <laughs> yes think
3: think of those big rubber red rubber balls you used to play with in in grammar school I can find one of those things and put my nose up to it and smell it and I'm back in the third grade. Yeah, The se- the smell triggers the memory. Yeah, uh, And I think Jesus is doing something very deliberate here with a charcoal fire to trigger Peter's memory. Where Peter, I, I'm just Peter being hit a- by
2: a ball in dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, yes, that too. Yeah, no, I agree with you.
1: Just two other things back in, in just the details. I, I just love John's putting things in there that help us to hopefully get into that moment, but also to identify with the people in the story. If you remember, Peter almost always has done everything wrong. I believe his intentions were always incredible. Mm-hmm. But he he just his execution was always lacking. And so Peter has thoroughly failed his Lord up to this point on almost mm-hmm. every account. Um, all these boasts about everything. I think this is incredible detail. When John says to him, "It's the Lord,"
3: Mm -hmm.
1: he's the first one out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so it says something about Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. that, despite Peter's failings, he knows he's still safe with Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's where he wants to be, and so we can beat up Peter if we want to. But we shouldn't doubt Peter's love for Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. And we shouldn't doubt Jesus Christ's love for for Peter. Mm -hmm. That even after all he's been through, the only place he wants to be is with his Lord.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think you know the the testimony of Scripture would point out that. People knew that Peter had denied his Lord three times. Mm-hmm. That was known because when those disciples on the road to Emmaus, Luke chapter twenty-four, verse thirty-three, they 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 when they rush back and and say the Lord has indeed been risen, um, that they've seen him, the the disciples in the in that room also are saying yes he's a, been risen and he appeared and he appeared to Simon. You know, so they know that. You know, when I think about this. Passage in 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 Luke when it, they're telling he appeared to Simon, I'm thinking, you know, what kind of restraint uh, is there? This is actually a true story because if it was myth, this is where people would go off and talk about what the conversation was like and how. But no, it just simply states the fact. Um, this is not this is an actual piece of history here and not an elaborate fiction. So it's another proof of the resurrection. But then you get. To John, this yeah. isn't now at least a, this is, well, we're told this is the third time he appeared to his disciples. <laughs> so there is a, there's, there's, um, you know, he's already appeared to Peter. How many times he appeared to the disciples as a group? Um, it would appear right here that this is the third time. So, and Peter's been part of those each time. Yeah. But you can imagine that Peter's probably in that group, he's probably held back. Yeah. He's probably mm-hmm. held back by his own convictions still.
0: Yeah you know uh peter really illustrates uh what our our main problem is all of our main problems you know peter was always the first one to to say something always the first one to stick his foot in his mouth and and of course you you could boil that down to you, you could say well that's just his personality well that's fine but Underneath that, underneath his personality is his self-sufficiency. Uh, the biggest enemy that all of us have in, in believing the gospel, believing Christ, are not our weaknesses. The biggest enemy that we have in believing the gospel are our strengths, yeah. our abilities, our intellects, our resources, our, our independence, the way that we compare ourselves with ourselves. Well, I'm not as bad as Pastor Phil, so I only need, I need Jesus just a little bit less. And, and that's, that's essentially Peter's problem. And, and when, when, Jesus ordains that they catch nothing. That was an object lesson in showing Peter and the disciples, you are nothing without me, nothing. But with me, you have everything.
1: And I think just to emphasize that, there's another detail given in the story where Jesus is already at the charcoal fire, and he already has the breakfast yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I think it's just re-emphasizing yeah. trust me I don't need you fishermen um I'm okay on my own and, and look look how <laughs> gently he is like i I think Peter disobeyed when they went fishing
0: that's that's my opinion I, I think that they should have waited I think he's going back to fishing because he's saying well let's just go back to my job what does Jesus say to them on shore he doesn't rebuke them
3: you know, um, I, I think this is the most amazing part of the story. You know, here, here is Jesus who has just won the victory over sin and death and the devil. Uh, he, is, he has won the mightiest victory in all of history. He's got his foot on the neck of enemy death. And he's not sitting on a mighty, glorious throne saying, Bow to me, you failures. Uh, no, He's cooking breakfast over a charcoal fire, and he invites them and says, hey, let's have some breakfast together. And actually says, bring some fish.
1: Yes. I mean, that he just provided for them, and just another example of Christ saying, it's okay. Yeah. And then, well, we'll cover this tomorrow, but how is it going to be okay is what we'll talk about tomorrow. All right,
0: we'll see you next time.